The opinions and viewpoints expressed in .NET Rocks are not necessarily those of its sponsors or of Microsoft Corporation, its partners, or employees. .NET Rocks is a production of Franklin's Net, which is solely responsible for its content. Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter. Stellar episode of .NET Rocks, the internet audio talk show for .NET developers with Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. This is Jeff Maciolik, here to announce show number 128 with guest J. Michael Palermo, recorded live Friday, August 26, 2005. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net, training developers to work smarter and now offering hands-on VBNet and ASPNet classes remotely online at www.franklins.net. And by Telerik RAD Controls, the most comprehensive suite of components for ASP.NET development, online at www.telerik.com. Support is also provided by Code Magazine, the leading independent magazine for .NET developers, online at www.code-magazine.com. And now, the man who went to Phoenix once, thank God for air conditioning. I mean, come on, Carl Franklin. Thank you, thank you very much, and welcome to another stellar edition of .NET Rocks, of course. I'm Carl Franklin, as always, here in New London, Connecticut, home of properties taken away. <laughs> and <laughs> as if we haven't complained about that enough on the show, and also, as always... In Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, that's Canada, Richard Campbell. How are you, sir? Well, I still got my property. Yeah, I still got mine, too. Uh, well, I think at least that much is working for us. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm doing, re- it's been a pretty frenetic week, you know, uh, not work-related. The work's been really solid, but just uh, life stuff. My kids are off camping and riding horses and things, and... And the dog got hurt, so it's been a big battle to take care of the dog. Dog got his weggies broken, right? Just one, but that was enough. Ah. Well, uh, we got uh, we got a couple of good emails, and there's some waiting, but since we have a fully packed show tonight, uh, we've got a new sponsor, uh, and we've also got uh, some extra content in here. I'm going to leave some of those other great emails till to another show, but there is one that I absolutely, absolutely have to mention which just came in today this is from gustavo cavalcanti oh yeah and he says hello carl richard and everybody who makes dotnet rocks i know you guys receive tons of emails saying how wonderful the show is how it's truly been changing people's lives etc you even ask for flames so you can hear something different but i was taught to thank anyone who helps me regardless of whether it means something to them or not I would like to thank you for having shown me a darn big light at the end of the tunnel of my career, as I am a Delphi developer who will need some time to catch up with the new .NET stuff. Sometimes new words and acronyms can be intimidating, 
But just by listening to DNR, I have listened to every single show. I feel the success with Microsoft.net is reachable to anyone. I am working not to not to my mother. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry there. That's where I draw the line. Not anyone. I'm working very hard to one day, not too distant, have myself one of those successful life-changing stories you read on your show once in a while. DNR deeply inspired me. Thanks again, Gustavo Cavalcanti, Fresno, California. Gustavo, you've inspired us. In fact, we're going to send you a, uh, what should we send him, a hoodie? Definitely a hoodie. Definitely. Actually, we'll just let you take your pick at the DNR Useless Crap Store. Yeah. But it's true, you know, we're inspired by these sorts of things. It, it's really something to find out people are being affected by the stuff we do. Before we get started, uh, Richard, I want to tell the people about uh, something that's happening at the PDC. The PDC 2005 show-off, which is going to be Thursday, September 15th from 9 to 11 p.m. in the convention center at the PDC. And here to talk uh, about that just a little bit is Thomas Lewis and Mike Swanson from Microsoft. Hi, guys. Hey, guys. Hi there. How are you doing? What is this all about? Well, maybe I can give you a little bit of history. This is Mike here. Um, I attended SIGGRAPH for my first time a few weeks back down at the Los Angeles Convention Center of all places, and they have this event called the Electronic Theater. And the Electronic Theater is, a, is basically a two-hour window during SIGGRAPH where they take submissions that have been sent in throughout the entire year uh, that show off what's the latest and greatest technology in computer graphics and animation. Wow. They take all of these submissions that could be anywhere from something that you'd see a clip from a Pixar film to a professor at some university somewhere that's come up with new algorithms for rendering water, so you just watch water sloshing around for a few minutes. <laughs> but it's all the best submissions kind of back-to-back in these very short video segments um, that basically show off what's possible. So it's a way for the community to sit down, watch for two hours the latest and greatest stuff, built with the latest and greatest software that's being shown at SIGGRAPH. And while I was sitting here watching this amazing video, just the buzz in the room and the energy in the room, and people would say, oh, look what you can do with this tool, or oh, look what they did with that tool, or wow, that's cool and that's inspirational. And it just kind of hit me, wow, can we do something like this at the PDC with Microsoft technology or any of the technology that works with our stuff? Um, can we get you know, short little videos from the developers and kind of do something similar? And that's really where, where Show Off came from. That sounds really cool. Um, what are some of the kinds of things that we're going to be seeing at this event? One of the things that we wanted to do is we almost didn't want to tell people what kind of submissions to uh, send in, uh, just because we didn't want to kind of put our spin on what we would think that people would want to see. Um, so basically, we just asked folks to, you know, show us what they got. You know, you know there's so many kind of cool things that people are doing. Um, and the hard part is is that you always don't get an opportunity to see them because they're always like behind a firewall or it's somebody's, you know, kind of nighttime project after the kids are asleep. Um, so we wanted to give an opportunity for people who, you know, just couldn't, couldn't get other people to see what they had done or, you know, just allow people to say, hey, look at what I did, you know, or here's this kind of tip or trick. Um, that I have, or here's an application, and, you know, ju just to really show it off to other developers, because one of the things that we've, you know, really thought about with this was we wanted it to be something uh, by developers for developers, um, so that if you were talking to your developer buddies and you were like, hey, come over here, I want to show you something that I did that was pretty cool, that's the kind of stuff that we want to get videos of. 
and Thomas kind of alluded to it there, but um, it's not really just a demo of like your whole application or tool. It could just be a portion of it. Like we had an email from one guy who said, hey, I've got this project. I don't know if it's cool enough. It has to do with this encryption technique or this technology, and I'm not sure it'll really come off as cool. I'm like, boy, that sounds really cool. Uh, it might be command line. It might be, you know, some hard coding, but... Um, but it's cool stuff, and it's, and it's not the full app. It's just one piece of the app. So it doesn't have to be a whole app demo or a walkthrough. It can be how you solve this problem or this little trick that made your life easier, or, boy, I found this in .NET or this third-party tool that let me do something so much more efficiently or better. Can you tell us a bit about where you got these things from? Who's been submitting? Well, we actually just opened submissions um, last Friday, so um, we've only had a week, and we've heard we've got a lot of pings about you know what what can we do, what can't we do, um, a lot of questions about what kind of file formats and things. So we know people are actively working on these. I think to date we've only received a few submissions, but we expect that as we get closer and closer to the PDC, we'll probably get uh, more of these coming in quickly. So this is an opportunity, sort of a call to action, saying, "Hey, if you've got somebody to submit, send it on in." Yeah, Absolutely. That, that's really what we're looking for. So uh, where should they be sending it? Uh, probably the best place to go uh, is to Channel 9. And if you go to channel9.msdn.com slash PDC, uh, as you probably noticed, the Channel 9 just did a revamp. You'll hit the PDC 2005 tag, and you'll see all the items that relate. There is a PDC Buzzcast number 7 post that you'll see, um, and you can listen a little bit about uh, some of the rules and regulations. And there's also another post that's not directly linked to uh, that actually has a submission form. Probably the most direct way to get there now is if you go to my blog, which is on uh, blogs.msdn.com slash mswanson. Uh, there's a recent post there that will direct you over to the submission form. And just to make sure that people know, you know, don't feel shy. Don't think, oh, well, you know, I've got this kind of neat thing that I've done, you know, on my own time. But, you know, it's not going to be, you know, up to snuff of what everyone else is going to do. Um, you'd be surprised. Uh, some of the most interesting things are, you know, from people who are just doing things on their own time. So even if you don't think it's, you know, as exciting as it could possibly be, you know, please, you know, go ahead and send it in and, uh you know, let's just get it out there and let people look at it. And just to kind of clarify what it is we're actually looking for um, as far as what the submission process is, we initially said, boy, wouldn't it be cool if people could get up on, you know, with their laptops, plug into the projector and talk about their app as we, as we kind of showed it off. But then we realized that's really pretty limiting, and we all know the pains of trying to unplug your laptop, plug someone else's in, and, mm -hmm. and keep, it, keep it going. Yeah. So uh, Thomas actually said, well, what if, we, you know, what if we just do videos? What if we have the community do videos? That way they can include a lot more than just what they can run on their laptop, and they can spend a little time to, to put something together and think about it a bit more, and we don't have to worry about compatibility at the actual event. So what we're asking for is a video that's shot however you want. I mean, it could be a Camtasia screen recording or Hypercam, Windows Media Encoder. You could literally just sling a you know, video camera over your shoulder, kind of a Channel 9 style, um, have your buddy film you using the laptop, include music, include voiceover, whatever you want. We're just asking for a single uh, WMV file that's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, five minutes or less. So five minutes is our cutoff. And uh, basically what we'll do is we'll collect these. We'll pick the ones that are the coolest, and we will put a little slide in front of each one that basically says, you know, who you are, what company you represent, or what organization you represent, uh, what tools you used to kind of pull off the stuff you're going to show us. And then uh, we'll show your video, and we'll move on to the next one. We'll do that for a, a solid two hours. You know, it really seems like uh, this seems like a, a different sort of take than you typically see at the PDC, which is usually, you know, Microsoft speakers, Microsoft sessions. You know, this is a real embracing of the community. 
which I find really, really refreshing. Yeah, I, I think that that is exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, I know that a lot of people, and this is the feedback we've gotten from folks in the community, which is, hey, you know, when the PDC is great and we love the deep technical content and everything else, but, you know, where's an opportunity for, you know, non-Microsoft people to, you know, really get involved and, and show off really what they got? And I think that this is a, a great opportunity to do that. And, like, we've tried to keep the rules very, you know, minimal, um, I think, just to make our lives <laughs> a little easier. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that we ask people uh, not to do is to, you know, don't do a commercial, you know, the, this is definitely uh, not to, you know, sell products, but really just to show off, you know, the stuff uh, that's been done. And, you know, we can only be appreciative to the folks like Steve Cellini and the uh, other folks that you had on your PDC uh, program who, you know, kind of took this crazy idea that we had and, you know, have sort of let us, you know, run with it and for us to kind of keep it very informal. And so what we hope to do is to make this something that, you know, people will go, you know what, this is this is for ourselves. This is our time to shine at the PDC. And I would say even more important is to, you know, have people come out and support, you know, the the other developers. So, you know, definitely come, show up, you know, it, it's all going to be positive, you know. We, we yeah. want people getting excited about um, what other folks are doing. And I think this is a great way of showing that. It's also great that you had, chose to have the event at night. Uh, it's on uh, September 15th from 9 to 11 p.m. And, you know, that, that sounds like a perfect thing to do on a Thursday night. Well, guys, is there anything last minute you want to say about this before we wrap up? I don't think there's anything uh, specifically that we need to add other than Thomas had mentioned that uh, we don't want commercials, but that said, that doesn't mean that anyone who develops commercial software uh, is certainly sure. welcome. We um, you know, again, if it's an aspect or a piece of your tool, as long as it has a strong Microsoft developer story, it makes my life easier, or you overcame a challenge in the development of that commercial software and you want to share it with the rest of the developer community, right. absolutely send something in. Developers only, right? That's right. <laughs> right. No marketing people allowed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thomas Lewis and Mike Swanson are from Microsoft talking about the PDC 2005 show-off. It's going to be Thursday, September 15th, 9 to 11 p.m. at the PDC in the Los Angeles Convention Center. Thanks, guys. Thanks, and guys. And we'll see you then. Thank you. Okay, so let's get back to the show. And, and I just want to mention that the PDC show-off submission post uh, on Channel 9 is at shrinkster.com slash 7N1. 7Nancy1. Now let's get right to the guest, J. Michael Palermo. No, you're not hearing things. That's Michael Palermo. Uh, we had Jeffrey Palermo on a couple of weeks ago, but this is Michael Palermo. And his formal name is J. Michael Palermo IV, but we'll call him Mike. He works with a development team at Interface Technical Training in Phoenix, Arizona. Michael is the Southwest Microsoft Regional Director and has been awarded Most Valuable Professional, or MVP, for XML Technologies. Michael is also a member of ASP Insiders. He has been endorsed by Microsoft as a Microsoft Solutions Framework Practitioner and Trainer. Michael is affiliated with INETA and IASA, ISA. Although Michael's passion is sharing technology in a classroom environment, he has set time aside for authoring videos, co-authoring several books, engaging developers at user groups, and speaking at local or national technology events. Welcome, Michael. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Should I mention that I also have property in Phoenix, Arizona? Yes, you should, but I, would, okay. uh, I wouldn't I would say that too loudly because the government is watching. 
Okay. <laughs> and it's not my fault, by the way. And one more thing, it's a dry heat. All right, now we yeah. can go on with the show. <laughs> so, how's Phoenix this time of year? Phoenix is awesome this time of year, according to a very few people. But I personally am <laughs> one of those few that enjoys even when it gets over 110. Yeah. It's great. That's what we have pools for. We have swimming pools here all over the place. Swimming pools and air conditioning, right. You got it. But you you will, you know, if you spend a couple of days without being inside, you will die, right? I mean, it's pretty rough out there. <laughs> it, yeah, actually, uh, sadly, that is true. On certain days, they have heat advisories, and there are people who have been reported to die by overexposure right here in Phoenix. So, got to be careful. Well, Michael, what's been tickling your fancy in .NET these days? Well, I'll tell you what. I've been working with the beta versions of Visual Studio 2005 for a while, and I actually had an opportunity to work with uh, Microsoft Consulting Services on a project here in Phoenix a while back that introduced me to something that I feel like saved my life. Really? And that was uh, code snippets in Visual Studio 2005. Code, Very exciting stuff. Code snippets saved your life. They saved my life, really. To You know, to the casual listener, this might seem like uh, a frivolous kind of luxury, code snippets. Who needs code <laughs> snippets? Code snippets. So, but, but what is the value of these things? What are they? Let's define them, first of all. Sure. Uh, one way that you can look at it is it's a way to have a mini code template hmm. right there in the IDE that can allow you to conjure up uh, predefined code, but it's not just static code. It's code that can be dynamically altered right there in the convenience of your code editor. So that's one. Hmm. Uh, but what they are, actually, if you were to define what is a code snippet, that's kind of what the net effect is, but they're actually XML documents that are sitting behind the scenes servicing the Visual Studio .NET 2005 IDE. And... Uh, most of these code snippets are easily invoked with IntelliSense. Ah, that's cool. No, so that's really a code snippet allows for a developer to get the following advantages. And the, and the very first advantage, obviously, is that you can start writing your code faster. Yeah. You know, there's open curly braces, closing curly braces. There's all sorts of... Uh, what we'd call the trivial code that we write, and a code snippet can take that out of your life and just allow you to focus on what is it that you really want to do. Just focus on the very specifics and let the code snippet worry about the rest of it. So there's one advantage. Hmm. Uh, another advantage that I didn't figure out until I started using them more is that they can enforce rules or methodologies within an organization. Hmm. And, so, for example, what if uh, every single time you're going to write a method or a property, the organization wants you to have comments in specific spots? Right. Uh, instead of forgetting that, uh, these little code snippets will prompt you for these particular comments so that they're basically enforced. So It sounds like a little bit more than code snippets then, doesn't it? I mean, this is really... Sounds very template-ish, doesn't it? Yeah, template-ish and, and sort of interactive. It's sort of like a development partner. I would agree with that. In fact, what it's not is it's not what we used to do maybe in the old world, and that's copy and paste from certain files or even using, you know, how we can use the toolbar and have little snippets there. 
those are always static. They're, they're not really changeable unless you drag them in and then start changing them yourself. These code snippets allow you to, on the fly, make the changes right then and there, like you said, prompting you for what is it that makes this particular instance of this code snippet different. Hmm. So I like that. Yeah, I, I love the IntelliSense concept. I think that's really neat. Well, the great news there is that you don't have to worry about, where do I go to use these code snippets? I don't know how to use them. Well, they're right there. You, you just invoke them with IntelliSense. It's great. I'll give you an example. If you want to create a class in the code editor, you just start typing CLA, and then all of a sudden IntelliSense appears and wants to auto-complete it for you. Huh. Very easy. It sounds kind of like a Code Rush, actually. It is very much like that. And for those who have used Code Rush, they'll see very many similar uh, characteristics of a code snippet with Code Rush. Mm. What, uh, what, what sorts of things specifically have you uh, customized these for? Well, one of the things, and this is where I feel like here's going back to where I feel like it saved my life. We had a very complex set of business rules that needed to be injected basically in just a huge amount of properties for business objects. Mm -hmm. And the dilemma that I had is I could see this repetitive pattern in every single property. Now, granted, a property might return a string or another business object or an integer, but every one of them had to have a very similar implementation of code logic, but they were different enough that you couldn't just, like, put it in a method call and call it. Yeah. So I just felt very flustered. I don't want to spend all my time creating all these proprietary properties that are just going to waste my time. Right. So with these code snippets, I was able to implement some complex logic in the getters and the setters, but basically create just the template and allow me at the time that I implement the property to fill in the blank, so to speak. What makes this different than the previous property? And I got so many lines. I literally, in one day, hundreds and hundreds of lines of code completed because I invested that one hour of really examining what are these code snippets all about. And that's how I really learned about it because I thought there's got to be an easier way to do this. Yeah. And there is. I always thought that um, spending more time writing code that writes code rather than writing code was always a good investment. And it never feels that way because at the time you're just, you, you have your implementation in mind, you're ready to go, you're ready to code. And then you, you oh my God, I got, now I got to take an hour, you know, to configure this tool. But you're right though. I mean, the, the time that you get back after that hour is, is can be quite substantial. Yeah. The, you know, the classic booby trap is with that one. You figured out how to fix two or three of them. And you start rolling through, and now you're in 50, 60 of them. Yeah. And then you realize you made a mistake, and you got to go back and fix them all. Yeah, that's true. Does, Where is if there... you generated, you could have just tweaked the generator and run it again. Right. That's correct. Uh, that's the one nice feature is that you could add or enhance to the code snippets. And from that point forward, you would get those changes, and you wouldn't have to worry. Unfortunately, code snippets aren't smart enough to go figure out where you had implemented the previous versions. Ah, okay. What are, what are some, is there any enumeration of features in code snippets that we can, uh, that we can go through? Or is it just simply that you have a bunch of templates? Are there some built in that, that uh, we could talk about? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to talk about that. In fact, basically the way it works is that when you 
get visualstudio.net 2005 and you're up and running, whether you're in C-sharp or VB.net or J-sharp or even uh, XML, code snippets are associated with all of those languages as of now. Mm -hmm. They all have pre-existing code snippets that ship right out of the box. So an example of that, uh, I'm talking right now about a C-sharp one, is called PROP, P-R-O-P. Okay. It's, it's a property snippet template that basically allows you to say, at this moment, I'm going to type prop, which is a shortcut, for this snippet, right in the code editor, and then once I invoke it, which is to invoke a snippet in the IDE, you just hit tab, tab, after you've typed the shortcut. Okay. And once you've done that, it's going to give you little highlighted placeholders, much like the Code Rush product did, that says, okay, what do you want to change here? And so a property, for example, you'd want to change perhaps its data type, uh, perhaps the name of the private variable it wraps around, and also the name of the public property itself. Hmm. All right. And so that's an example of an existing code snippet right out of the box. And how many are there, Do you, would you think? Well, it's interesting because as the different beta versions have come out or the variations here, they've gone up and down. What I have noticed as of right now with uh, the Beta 2 product is that there is a vast number of code snippets for VB.net, but for Visual uh, C Sharp, I'm looking at the uh, one of the directories where they store all of these snippets here, and uh, really, I would say there's maybe about uh, 20 or 30 as of right now. Okay. In C Sharp. And there's many more for VB.net? There's much more for VB.net. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't this a feature of VB.net only first? And maybe that, is this maybe why? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know either, actually. I, I do happen to know, though, that the, the net benefit, I believe, is going to be felt much more for the C-sharp community, because even in Visual Studio 2003, if you were a VB.NET developer, and let's say you wanted to implement a property or a try-catch block, mm -hmm. the, the IDE kind of automatically did some auto-fill-in for you, mm -hmm. where C-sharpers didn't have that luxury. So now with code snippets, if I were going to do a try or a property or something to that effect... Now the IDE kicks in with IntelliSense and auto-completes a lot of the structure of those commonly used members in your, in your uh, class. Yeah. Microsoft and SQL Server Magazine have teamed up to provide IT professionals in your area with the facts on successfully migrating to SQL Server 2005. Plan to attend the Get Ready for SQL Server 2005 Roadshow coming to your city soon. This one information-packed day will give you a clear understanding of how to implement a best practices migration to SQL Server 2005. This is your chance to learn from the industry experts how to use SQL Server 2005's new capabilities to improve your database computing environment in three tracks, administration, development, and business intelligence. Register now for the Get Ready for SQL Server 2005 event coming to your city soon. 
you'll get a one-year subscription to SQL Server Magazine and a one-year membership to Pass just for registering. If you're a database administrator, developer, programmer, IT manager, or director, this is the one event you can't afford to miss. Register online at itroadshows.com. Just go to itroadshows.com and click on Get Ready for SQL Server 2005 to register online today. Other things that I'm thinking of that I like about Code Rush, how about uh, 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 custom collection building? Yeah, there is actually a property that will, in db.net for sure, that will do the custom collection building. However, you, you raise a good point. Uh, I'm sure the reason why you like that was what? What did you like about having that in Code Rush? Uh, obviously, that you don't have to do all the typing of implementing the same stupid code every time for just a different type. Exactly. Right. So I feel the same way you do. However, taking advantage of new features such as generics in 2.0, I have created custom code snippets that will actually expose custom collections through generics. Sure. Yeah, one line of code. Exactly. Nice. So, Mike, uh, what are some of the things that you've come across when working with these things that you'd like to share? Perhaps maybe one of the things, since we've been comparing uh, code snippets to Code Rush or Quick Edit or, or Quick Code, one of the things that I also think is important to compare it with is something like CodeSmith, mm-hmm. which is a code template. And this is where you see a, a vast difference. Code snippets are meant for very fast, uh, small snippets of code where something like CodeSmith can handle very complex business logic behind the scene in order to auto-generate code. And it's really a code generator. Code snippets are not intended to be used at that level. Yeah, I agree. So there's one thing to address. And the reason why is when I got involved with code snippets, I started obviously wanting to push it for all of the features that it has. And I came across a lot of limitations. And so, would you like to hear some of them? Yeah, sure. Well, limitation number one is, although you can create these parameterized ways of injecting, let's say, names or data types into these code templates, you can't actually have it intelligent enough to take, let's say, if I want this property to return an int, I can't have it somehow auto-generate how the getter will look based on that. It's always going to be the same static code, just, just the placeholders are different. Yeah. Right. But there, I've noticed that there are some special functions that can be invoked within a code snippet, uh, such as, let's say you have a switch case statement in C-sharp and you're going against an enumerator, there is a function that's pre-built into the code snippets that will automatically reflect upon that enumerated uh, variable and auto-generate all your switches Sweet. based on that enumeration. That's a very cool thing. Wow, that is cool. When I wow, came across great. that, uh, I thought, oh, cool. I didn't know you can invoke a function within a code snippet. So let me see where I can go 
to create my own functions to invoke within a snippet and now, therefore add a little bit of that intelligence. Now, when you say invoke a function, is this going to like within a code snippet write a separate function and then call out to that function? Is it, is yeah, it doing that? Basically, it, it invokes it because it sees that it needs to be called by definition in the code snippet, and in the time that you invoke it in the editor, it calls that function and basically outputs the response of that function right there in your code editor. So not only does it write the function, but it writes the code to call the function. No, actually, I would say the better way of saying is it, is it invokes the function just to return the actual screen output. I'm really, example, I'm really confused. Can you, can you back up a little bit? You said that you could invoke a function. Does the function already exist, or is this being generated by the code snippet? That, that's a great question. The function that is invoked already exists. Oh, okay. And unfortunately, where this is leading to is that although I wanted to create my own functions that could be invoked within a snippet, I was informed at TechEd by the team responsible for this feature that that's not something they're going to let us do. I see. And that's so the, the first thing I'd think I'd want to do with that is write my own. Then exactly. I can do anything I want. Yeah. So of course I I barked, and you know I I don't know if they're going to respond, but the the key is is invoking a function. The benefit of invoking a function within a code snippet is it at least allows a degree of like artificial intelligence to make decisions and auto-generate some level of code. However, we're right now forced to only use, literally there's only five functions that are pre-built in that we can invoke. Yeah, that'd be my next question. Right. So, so is there any kind of extensibility in, in code snippets at all? Not for functions. Okay. We can create our own custom code snippets, but we can't create special functions that we want to call within our code snippets. We have to use the existing ones from Microsoft. Hmm. So, for example, they have another function called class name. And, and the benefit of that is if you wanted to create some kind of a method or a constructor or something within a class, the class name function will auto-generate. It'll read the context of the class that the code snippet's being invoked in and put that class name right there. Yeah. Well, okay. So uh, something else that you've learned? Well, there's various types of code snippets. For example, we talked about, let's say that we wanted to create a property. And so I can invoke the property snippet, and it'll prompt me for the data type and for the names and so forth. Mm -hmm. but the, and, and that's known as an expansion code snippet which means that basically it's just we're going to insert right here the snippet and you just fill in the blanks and the resulting value will be, you know, whatever it is. Right. But what if you had this situation? Let's say that you created a method and now you want to enclose that method in a region so that you can, you know, collapse the region and add a little comments or whatever. Sure. Code snippets also allow for something called surrounds with. Hmm. which means that you can highlight text in your code editor and then invoke a code snippet to wrap around or surround the selected text. Yeah. And region is a great example of that because usually you want the region and the end region around a selected item. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you can create your own custom versions of that as well. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I'm sure you've heard that within the IDE there is this thing called refactoring. Sure. 
and it's a very cool feature. Uh, refactoring is available out of the box in Visual Studio uh, 2005. The yeah. downside for those who want to create custom code snippets is that they're not empowering the developers to create custom code snippets that do refactoring. They're limiting us at this time to just do expansion and the surrounds with type code snippet. And I just got to say that you're really talking about refactoring in C Sharp, right? That's correct. Because the refactoring you're talking about doesn't exist in VB. It's provided by uh, uh, a download, which is that, done by DevExpress, the Code Rush guys, by the way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Different. It is and it's different. interesting because so, code snippets up to now have really been focused on VB.net. So here's this new capability in code snippets that's really only for the C-sharp guys. Right. But we can't use it. We can't code our own. That's correct. And that, ra that raises another interesting thing is that every snippet is very dependent on a specific language. I, I can't reuse one snippet in a different language. Hmm. If I wanted I the behavior of one code snippet, I'd have to rewrite that snippet for another language. Yeah, you'd have to write it twice. That's correct. Okay. Well, of course, when I saw the existing code snippets that shipped out of the box, one of the first things any any real hardcore nerd developer wants to do is start creating a library of their own code snippets. Right. So that's what I wanted to do. And but it was hard for me to figure out how do I get started with these? Where where do I go to write a snippet? You know, is there a special project type? You know, what do I do? So uh Here's the basic answer. One way that you can start writing your own snippets is you can find the snippets that exist on your machine that ship with the Visual Studio IDE. Mm -hmm. You can copy one of those and start tweaking it to do what you want to do. And so, for example, the property snippet. I ended up taking that one, uh, modifying it, saving it under a different file name, and then that became my new property snippet because I wanted to do things different. I wanted comments in certain places, and I wanted to do the naming convention a little different than what was shipped out of the box, which now, is great news because that means that if we don't like what shipped out of the box, we can modify it if we want to. Right. Yeah, now, you don't have to start with an existing snippet. You can do your own from scratch. Would you, would you recommend doing that? Well... The, the recommendations that everywhere that uh, developers have already been creating code snippets, most of them agree that it's probably easier to start modifying existing snippets. And when I say modifying, I do want to add that that means that you're probably copying the original and making the modifications to your copy, not to the original. Now, is that because they're complex and they have a lot of configuration, or what? It, why? why is that? Well... I believe that the reason is is that it's just very intuitive to look at the XML to see how they're doing it. Since these are XML files, you can start looking at the things like, oh, okay, here's where I can give it a, a shortcut. Here's, so I don't have to remember all of these XML elements that yeah. are required for this uh, code snippet to be written correctly. I so got a cut and paste inheritance. Yeah, clipboard, <laughs> clipboard inheritance, as Mark Dunn likes to say, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, to go back to what you said, if you wanted to start from scratch, you're going to love this. You can open up a new XML file in Visual Studio 2005, and on the very first line in that X, on this, you know, it's a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. You can invoke a code snippet called Snippet, <laughs> and what do you think it generates? A snippet. A snippet. Oh, so, awesome. A snippet that makes a snippet. If you wanted to start from scratch, you absolutely could from there, and it just auto-generates all the elements for you. Can you modify the code snippet? 
maker that makes a snippet? <laughs> Actually, you can. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It, the, that snippet is available uh, in the file directory so that you could modify how to create a snippet. So if you if you created a snippet and then you had a time machine, you went back in time, you modified the snippet maker, and then you came back, would would your code be changed? No. Okay, just checking. Yeah. Recursive inheritance now, Carl? Is that where you're going? <laughs> That's funny. So, that, right. But that, to go back to what you were saying, really, that it's easy to modify an existing, but you could start from scratch. It's kind of neat to go through and spot check a lot of the different existing snippets because then you can see how they're making use of how to create a variable that you can uh, use as a parameter within the code snippet. And for those who start dabbling in that file, they'll notice that basically they're identified within the code template by dollar signs preceding and following the names of those parameterized items. Hmm. So, for example, if you have a property and you wanted to have a, uh, the tab land on the property name to change it, inside the code snippet, whatever you call that variable, it has a dollar sign before and after its name that just identifies it as this is one of these modifiable or editable regions within this code snippet. to the show, you've heard me talk about ASP.NET tools from Telerik at T-E-L-E-R-I-K dot com. They've recently released a new version of their RAD control suite, Q3 2005, and I'd like to tell you about it. Telerik RAD control suite is the most innovative and comprehensive tool set for ASP.NET development, allowing professionals to build web solutions with the UI richness and responsiveness of desktop applications. The latest milestone release, Q3 2005, is the first on the market to bring full XHTML 1.1 and accessibility compliance with WCAG Level A and Section 508, thus enabling developers to build standards-compliant web applications easier and faster than ever. Added to this are key updates to four of Telerik's most popular products, RAD Editor, RAD Grid, RAD Tree View, and RAD Rotator. RAD Controls is also available with an annual subscription option for all updates and new components added to the suite within a year of your purchase. Hey, did you know the .NET Rocks website was done with the Telerik menu? That's right, if you use the menu on the left-hand side, you're using Telerik's products. So go check them out at www.telerik.com. You know, anytime I hear somebody say, and then you write some XML, I shudder. <laughs> and I'm just, I haven't seen a code snippet XML file, but I'm getting the feeling that this isn't something that you'd, that's going to be a fun experience for me. 
Carl, I, I'm so glad you said that. Now, first of all, you have to understand, I am an MVP for XML Technologies, so right. some of us love the ugly child. <laughs> However, a lot, of, a lot of developers feel the same way you do, and so yes. it's actually an interesting segue into there are other ways to create snippets outside of ugly XML. Okay. Such as? So, uh, for the bb.netters Wait, out wait, there, I get it. There's a Code Rush plug-in, right? <laughs> uh, actually, for the one for Visual Basic is available from the MSDN Microsoft.com website. All right. So, do we have a Shrinkster uh, URL for this VBNet snippet editor? Yes, seven n three. Okay. So, if you go to Shrinkster.com/slash/seven-n three, you can get the VBNet snippet editor and uh, snip away. So, uh, what are some of the other things that? Uh, the, I, mean, I mean, well, I mean, we we didn't touch upon the fact that there is another snippet editor out there for C sharpers. Okay. Um, it's not a Microsoft product. It's just one that if you were to Google search, you'd find that there is one by a gentleman named Gus Perez, okay. and uh, it's actually at his site, www.gusperez.com, under downloads, and it's called Snippy. 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 At GusPerez.com. Okay, very good. So Right. So, again, not sanctioned by Microsoft, but right. it is a free tool for the C-Sharpers out there. Personally, I haven't used any of the editors because, remember, I like ugly XML, so right, I'm in right. my comfort zone. Right. I'd shrinksterize <laughs> that at uh, shrinksterize.com slash 7N4. So, that's the C-Sharp editor. Okay, very yeah. good. Okay, so so what else can we talk about? Well... Here's the big thing. As it is with all code-related topics, one of the things that we want to do is reduce the amount of time it takes to work at stuff. Okay. And so, obviously, snippets can do that. However, it's going to feel really frustrating if you are creating a snippet to accomplish a common task, and then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know what, I know somebody else has is bound to have done this already. Mm -hmm. So not only do we want to get into using code snippets and creating our own, but we kind of also want to get out of the, the, the whole concept of, you know, reinventing the wheel. If someone already did it and we like the way they did it, then that's probably good enough. And even if we slightly want to change something, well, it'd be nice to take what they did and just kind of tweak it and make it good instead of start from scratch. Mm -hmm. Sure. So one of the things that you'll notice is if you're using code snippets in Visual Studio, there is a code snippets manager, which you can get to by just going to tools, and then it's one of the first options, code snippets manager. And one of the buttons on there is search online. So eventually, uh, through uh, a variety of affiliations with the tool, there's going to be a way to search against those code snippets. Okay. However, uh, a lot of us just tend to want to just go search the Internet and go find maybe if somebody has a repository or library of these code snippets. Right. I haven't seen that there's a lot, if hardly any of those out there right now. There might be just a, a few personal samples, but not something like a dedicated site that says, we are all about offering code snippets for the community by the community. So mm -hmm. with that said, I am going to let you know that got codesnippets.net Wow, no way. Yes way is going to be a site dedicated 
just for that purpose, to provide code snippets for developers to download and, of course, also offer up their own code snippets. Do you think the uh, the, the milk producers of America are pretty pissed off at all these people who are using <laughs> their, their slogan idea? Their got line? Yeah. 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 Uh, that is interesting. That was a thought that crossed my mind, but I thought, what the heck? I like it. It's a good, it's a good URL. Oh, this is yours? It is. Oh, gotcodesnippets.net is your yeah. site. Oh, cool. I missed that. So I'll tell you what. I'm officially unveiling it at PDC when the RDs are going to be doing the PDC underground sessions in the spirit of the Grok Talks from TechEd. And so it will be officially revealed then. At this time, the website is going to be capturing downloads. Not it, well, Let me rephrase that. Okay. It's going to capture code snippets by allowing anyone in the community to upload their code snippets as of now so that there's a somewhat of a repository already available. So if anybody has any code snippets that they've created, they're more than welcome to go to gotcodesnippets.net, upload theirs. There's a chance to give your name, uh, a, a brief abstract as to what it does, and it's going to be in the spirit of saying, hey, if you have something you want to share with the world and it saved you a lot of time, then why not share it and also have an opportunity to see if there's one there that you would like to use. Excellent. Nice. Uh, build a little community around this sharing code. Absolutely. Do you uh, currently have any uh, friends or uh, programmer friends that you share snippets with now? I do. Awesome. I have, uh, we're, I'm working on a couple projects right now where we've actually uh, made a special folder in Visual Source Safe or in Vault just for snippets that we share. Wow. Now, and that's a, an, another good point is that organizations might find that there are certain policies that they want to enforce, and of course, they can create their snippets and make them available on their own network. But the, the whole point of the gotcodesnippets.net is when you think, hey, I know this snippet. Like, I'll give you an example. What if someone says, you know what, I want to implement a singleton right. uh, pattern. Yeah. Uh, let me create a code snippet that just does that and then make it available so other people can easily create singletons. Yeah. And then you don't have to remember the pattern. You just use the snippet. That's kind of cool. Also, you could probably evolve some standards that way, I imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're very excited about that. Uh, although uh, I, the URL is something that I registered, this has been a community effort in bringing this site up. So it's not just my site. It's, I would say it's the community site for the community. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll, I can't wait to see it. Absolutely. So, uh, Mike, are you going to go to PDC? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hanging out with uh, some fellow RDs at PDC, uh, see all the things that are going to be unveiled. I, I can't wait to go to the PDC Underground, uh, talk about code snippets some more. It's going to be a blast. It is going to be great. So you're going to do code snippets for the Underground? Yes, I am. Maybe we better fill everyone in about what the underground's about. Sure. Sure. In the spirit of the Grok Talks that were done at TechEd, uh, they're going to be very brief, intense, 15-minute discussions that just take all the marketing fluff out and say, look, here's my topic. Let me show you exactly what you need to do to start rock and rolling. Mm -hmm. And it was highly successful at TechEd, and I'm looking forward to doing the spirit of the Grok Talks at the PDC Underground, which I believe is on a Tuesday 
evening. So we're going to do all the recording Tuesday evening, and uh, people can watch them as we shoot them. I think it's really cool that uh, with the Grok Talks and the underground stuff that we're we're really getting into short, concise explanations and descriptions of things. That's that's really refreshing, I think. Absolutely. I've had so many positive feedbacks from people who've watched them online at thegroktalk.net. It's yep. just been like, wow, I'm so glad you guys just gave us exactly the relevant content and took all out all the fluff. It's it's just been a great experience, and I'm sure we're going to get a similar feedback at PDC. Yeah. These little 10-minute videos that you have to play a dozen times to get them. They're so fast. Yep. Yeah, that's true. But they're fun to watch. They're very fun to watch. Hey, uh, Mike, we're coming to towards the end of the uh, show here, and uh, I'd like to ask all my guests this question. What's the coolest thing you've downloaded lately? My coolest download? Other than code snippets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you put me on the spot. That's the idea. Yeah, uh... Oh, man, I'm trying to remember. There was something recently where I was just like, I, ha I it was the coolest thing. What was that? And it ended up being on Hanselman's, you know, famous, you know, tools that tool he used then, too. Tool list, yeah. Yeah. Good guess, huh? Seriously, that's what it was. Slick Run. Very, very cool. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous. What is Slick Run? I don't even know about this. You're the guest, Mike. You tell them. It it's a it's an easy easy way to just immediately get the the prompt off of your desktop without having to go through all sorts of steps in order to execute from the DOS prompt. Ah, cool. And it seems it seems cheesy, but it's very it's very cool, and it's you know it's just a fast way to get things done. I mean that that's the whole point of a tool is to make life easier. Yeah, think about a code rush for the Windows desktop. Exactly. Kind of along the theme of a code snippet, really. It's not yeah. just a, a shortcut for the command prompt. It's for other things, too? or Well, you could program all kinds of macros into it. Ah, exactly. Cool. cool. And I haven't, fully, I haven't fully exposed all of its features other than the fact that when I saw my DE use it, I said, I have got to download that thing. And, Slip uh, run, it, you say. I just saw it recently. So I would say, based on your question, that would be my favorite download. And uh, I just shrinksterized that. You can get there at shrinkster.com slash 7N5. Slick run. Very cool. Absolutely. Well, Mike, you have any uh, last-minute words of wisdom or calls to action for the listener before we sign off? Yeah, just remember, uh, .codesnippets.net is going to be a place where you can upload and download code snippets so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And that uh, if you haven't exposed yourself to code snippets yet in Visual Studio 2005, very easy to do. It's available immediately through IntelliSense. And it will not only save how much time it takes to code, but I think it actually will save your family life because you're not <laughs> spending three or four hours at the office later than you need to be. And it just makes the world more harmonious. That's cool. <laughs> well, I'm going to go check them out. I, I have put off checking out code snippets, and, uh, and I'm going to go check it out. Must it's, do. Yes. Well, listen, thanks a lot. On behalf of myself and Richard Campbell, Jeff Maciolik in the sound room, and all the listeners out there, thanks for being a guest on .NET Rocks. And uh, just another reminder to uh, register online for the uh, 
Get ready for SQL Server 2005 Roadshow at itroadshows.com and just click on Get Ready for SQL Server 2005 to register online today. This is Carl Franklin for .NET Rocks, and have a good week, and keep on rocking in the .NET world. Bye. .NET Rocks can be found online at www.dotnetrocks.com and at msdn.microsoft.com slash dotnetrocks. .NET Rocks is edited each week by Jeff Maciolik, that's me, and Carl Franklin, who is also executive producer. All music heard on .NET Rocks, including Toy Boy, the theme song, is created and produced by Carl Franklin and Franklin Brothers Band. Carl never sleeps. .NET Rocks is produced for Franklin's Net by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. Plop, it's time to get your impact back. <laughs> <laughs>